have an awesome time this morning. I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 4. I want to talk to you about the other side. And uh, it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. Can you see that? Let us cross over to the other side, then they came. That's a prophetic picture of your life and my life. We all sit here this morning. We are at a certain place financially, emotionally, with our dream, visions, whatever it is. And we all have that other side where we say, I would like to arrive in my finances, in my dream, my visions, my children, whatever it is, I want to arrive at a certain place at a certain time. There's nothing wrong with that. That's life. We all are where we are, and we all are on our way somewhere. Johnny just asked your wife to behave there because it just caught my eye, and it's a little bit disturbing, you know, when you try to minister the word and, and your wife acts like that. Amen? Thank you. That's your daughter, ma'am. So, thank you. <laughs> Anything that moves, I use as material uh, against you. So, be careful. Now, watch this. So, when they had left the multitude that took him along in the boat as he was, and, a little, and all the little boats were also with him. Now, you will see Jesus is now into a boat. You will never read in the Bible that Jesus got into a BMW, Chevrolet, uh, 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 Porsche, uh, whatever car. You, you, there was only two ways of transport, boat and by feet. So the Bible says he got into the boat and the other little boats were also with him. I want you to notice that. He's now in the boat with all his disciples. They're going to cross over and there's a lot of little boats with him. Very, very significant. It doesn't say the little boats is with a big boat. It says the little boats is with him. Now, let me say first, the boat was made out of wood. Wood speaks of humanity. The boat was man's idea, man's plan to build this thing so that we can operate on the ocean. So, Jesus is willing here to get into a boat that was designed by man. How many of you realize that God has given us the gifting to have designs and planning, like this building? God never planned this building. God never built this building. You man, man designed this and built it, but God says, I'm willing to come into what you build and reveal myself to you. Same thing with a boat. The boat was made by man, boat uh, made out of wood, wood speaks of humanity. And God says, let us get into your structure, Peter. Let us get into your boat and let us sail to the other side. And then again, all the other little boats. So that tells me there was a lot of people in little boats that sailed with the main boat, but they did not sail with the main boat because of who built it. They sailed with the main boat because of who was in the boat, Jesus. So, so I want you to see that picture. And, and the Bible says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So here we have a storm. Now that broke out. 
there's a storm and the Bible says the water was filling the boat. And again, church, we all have structures, ideas, dreams, visions, but there comes times that everyday life, the storm of everyday life will fill up your structure. How many of you know that in 2008, 2009, there was a financial storm in America and many of our financial planning went astray? So although we dream, vision, build, uh, sometimes our planning doesn't work out. Sometimes the circumstances of life just fill up the whole boat. And, uh, and, and that's, this is what's happening here. And I want to say to all of you, uh, you can be super spiritual. You will have times that the water of circumstances will fill up uh, things in your life that you don't want water, you don't want water to be in it. So, so here they have a storm, and, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So here we have Jesus. He's in the boat. He's in a human idea. He's in man's structure. But the Bible says he was asleep at the stern. The stern is close to the rudder. That's the area from where the whole boat is being sent forth. And we found Jesus asleep at the stern. We found the word asleep. And, um, and what's, what's going to happen now? Uh, now, you must understand, uh, the first question here is, how can Jesus being asleep in a storm? Well, for the simple reason, he is not only the word, he's also peace. Uh, he is salvation, he is healing, he is deliverance, he is grace, he is mercy, he is goodness, he is kindness, he is all of the above, but he is also peace. Uh, Jesus does not get peace from a factory, uh, and he does not give you peace when he has peace to give you. He doesn't produce peace in a factory, and then when you pray for peace, then he say, well, unfortunately, I don't have more peace, but we will produce more peace by tomorrow, and then I will give you peace. No, he is the source. He is peace himself. And when you are the ultimate peace, you sleep in storms. If Jesus was panicking in the storm, he was not, you cannot tell him the God of, he's the God of peace. He had to sleep in the storm in order to prove how peaceful he can be in the midst of a storm. That's powerful when you think about it. And um, so the Bible says, and, uh, and, they, and, they, and they, they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So the next thing they do is they woke him up. Now I want to say many times you and I allow the word in us to slumber. Many times, in, in this context, I want to say many times, we allow the Word of God in us to slumber, and then what we need to do is we need to stir up the Word. Uh, there's many times in my life that I know what God said over my life, but I need to stir it up in order to bring the Word of God to a standing position. Now, the Bible says they woke him up, and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And that is an accusation that we all bring against God, me included. There comes a time in your life and my life when we walk with the Lord that God seems to be so peaceful. 
Or let me say it this way. His body language, being asleep, looked so peaceful that they made a conclusion and they said, he does not care. When, 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 Cindy, when you look at, when I look at your circumstances, you could have the question, why does God not care? The last 12 months or last 15 months, I had the same question. Where is God? He's in my home, but it seems like he is sleeping. It seems like his promises fell asleep. And it's not the case. Because they say to Jesus, why don't you care? You see, the body language of Jesus made them think he doesn't care. And many times we are led by what our circumstances look like. When we look at our circumstances, we say, God does not care. You say, well, based on what do you say? They say, well, look at my circumstances. It's obvious that he does not care. That's what they said to him. They said, teacher, don't you care? And um, so uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose. So now we have the word of God that was asleep in the boat. Now we have the word of God in a standing position, Ephesians 6. You must be in a standing position. Come on. Now we have the word of God in, human, in a human structure, in a human body, in a human, come on, in, in this church, now we have him in a standing position. And I want to say to all of you, always keep the word of God in this church in a standing position. Don't let him fall asleep. In a certain context, he is peace. That's why he slept. But in the other context, I want to say, bring him back to his feet. Bring the word of God back to a standing position. Br make the word of God prominent in your life again. And uh, the Bible says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the wind, peace be still. So now he rebukes the wind. He now rebukes something that he created. How does that work? He created the wind to carry rain. But now he rebukes what he created. How many of you realize that when Adam and Eve fell in sin, they polluted the whole earth? That's why even, even nature sometimes can, there can be a demonic thing in a wind and Jesus rebuked it. And I want to say to all of you, uh, there's many blessings in your life, but sometimes the enemy get a hold of something that is supposed to be a blessing and turn it into something to destroy you. And that's when you need to discern, although this is a blessing, come on, you can have a business and something come into the business and you realize God gave me this business, but this thing that has just entered into my business, this is not God. So then you need to say, no, 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 it's my business, but you leave because you carry something demonic. And, I, and I need, there was nothing wrong with the wind. And it's just what was in the wind that Jesus said, I rebuke that. Come on. I want the wind to bring you rain, but I don't want the wind to destroy you. And uh, so Jesus said, peace be still. Now, I don't want to talk about peace be still because um, 
You know, when I think of Jesus and when he went to Lazarus' tomb, he says, Lazarus, come forth. When he went to the house of Jairus, he said to the little girl, little girl, I say to you, rise up and walk. Very brief. Why? Because Jesus normally prayed before sunrise. In Israel, the sun comes up very early. He prays before sunrise. So long before sunrise comes, he and the Father had fellowship. So that when noontime comes, he just say, peace be still, rise up and walk. Come forth, Lazarus. What do we do? We, at 12 o'clock, when the demon shows up, we rebuke the demon. And we work that demon for one hour, and we call all the intercessors, and we have a sweatband, and we have a water can, and we drink water, and the intercessors speak in tongues, and they roll and spit, and nothing happened. And then I give it to Pastor Craig, and then he gives it to Johnny, and three hours later, the, the demon is still rolling around, and we can Why? Because we should have done what we had to do before sunrise, so that when we live our everyday life, we just say, peace be still, Rise up and walk. Uh, I just want to throw that in. Amen. That's why he did it. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now watch this. The moment he rebuked the wind, the Bible says, it doesn't say that it was, it was calm. It says there was a great calm. With Jesus is this incredible, phenomenal, outstanding peace. Now watch what happened. The moment that he rebuked the wind, peace came. Now guess what happened? All the little boats felt the effect of what Jesus did in the main boat. What am I saying to you? When you have this church, and this is a church of peace, and the word of God is prominent here, make sure that what you do here will ultimately affect the little boats. Now, I don't want to talk about the little boats. The little boats is the, the schools, the community, the magistrate's court, and, and all these community uh, 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 movements that you have. That's why I believe the local church, when we have Christ arise in us, uh, what happened here must affect the community. The little boats, because the Bible says the little boats, sailed with him. And I want to say, your community doesn't even know it, but they are, gonna, they are sailing with Christ in this church. And because of Christ, when, 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 whatever God does here should affect the little boats outside. Amen? So uh, the Bible says, and um, he, he bred great calm, and then he says, but he said to them in verse 40, why are you so fearful? Now watch this. From their perspective, they said, you don't care. From his perspective, he looks at them and he said, why do you panic? Can you see the two perspectives? And many times I say, Lord, can you help me to not look at you from my perspective, but can you help me to see my world from your perspective? Come on. It's like Peter, when Peter got out of the boat, what happened? Jesus said, hey, Peter said, can I come to you on the water? Jesus said, absolutely. Come to me on the water. And he got out of the ship and he sank. <laughs> come on. But finally, God grabbed him and he, he walked with Jesus on the water. Now, I think when Peter arrived with Jesus on the water and he looked back at the boat... Peter might probably said to Jesus, Jesus, wow, uh, now that I have your perspective on the boat, 
Now I can understand why you said come. Because Lord Jesus, you will not believe me. When I was in the boat and I heard you said come, everybody in the boat said to me, you're a fool. We're not going to walk with you. You see, from, from your perspective and from my perspective, we think we're fools. From his perspective, he says, come on. Come on, you can do it. Jesus said, from my perspective, you are fearful. Come on. And, but, but, but from their perspective, they thought he does not care. Why are we here? We are here to move by the Spirit. So when I, when I get into the Spirit, I get, come on, in the Spirit. What does that term mean? In the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So the moment I am captivated by the Holy Spirit, guess what? The, the perspective of heaven takes a hold of me, and I think different. I operate different. I do different. Thank you for your excitement. It's overwhelming. Hallelujah. Now, I've got a question. Why, why was there a storm? I'll, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the reason why there was a storm. There was a storm. Remember, Jesus rebuked the wind. So there was a storm. So there was a demonic activity to destroy Jesus, destroy the word, destroy the boat, destroy everybody that's in the boat. Why? Because on the other side, everybody say the other side. On the other side, when you read that chapter, and I, I, I need an hour to minister just on the other side, uh, but on the other side, there was a demon-possessed man that had almost 2,000 uh, uh, demons in him. So on the other side, there was a stronghold of Satan. And when Satan saw that this boat with Jesus in it it's on its way to the other side. He decided, if I don't kill Jesus in the boat, Jesus is going to destroy my stronghold. And I want to say to you, we all have another side. And the reason you're in a storm is because the devil already knows that when you arrive at the other side, you're going to cause his kingdom great damage. Last year, June, I was in, on the island of Aruba. I got a prophetic word. It'll go national, international from a lady that is very strong in the prophetic from France. Two months later, I got the news my wife has bladder cancer. We went through hell the last year. But last year, November, the upper room broke loose. We had uh, almost 200 representatives from all over the globe. We had so many nations. We had Arabs, Jews. We had People from the underground church, phenomenal. Leaders came to me. One of the leaders came to me. He said, Andre, this is epic. He has a church of 5,600 people. And he saw this. He said, Andre, this is epic. Another leader came to me and he said, my head is spinning. Another leader came to me and he said, I have been in 40 nations. I've never seen a move of God like this. Why? So when the enemy knew that I'm busy with the upper room and we are stirring the waters and we are entering demonic territories worldwide, we have access now to 170 nations. That's why we need miracles every weekend in our offerings because it's beyond what I can do. But it's happening as I speak. So when the enemy saw where we are going, because it's going to go on television now, it's already done. 26 programs, two-hour documentary that'll be on God TV about prayer, God TV and Daystar. But when the enemy saw where we are going with this upper movement, what did he do? He sent a storm of cancer into my family to break my momentum. Why? Because he realized 
sacrifice, if I can kill this man now, if I can destroy his family now, he will not get to the other side. Guess what? It's now 15 months later, and we have just put our feet ashore on the other side because God says, I will not allow you to, dr to drown. I will not allow you to be killed. Your destiny is too big to allow the enemy to take you out. Now, okay, I'm getting excited here, so I need to calm down. So they come to the other side. Now watch this. Here they are. They come to the other side. And when he had, watch this, when he had come out of the boat, the moment Jesus, he, it doesn't say when the disciples got out, when he got out, when the word, it's, the focus is on the person that's in the boat. Bible says, and when he came out of the boat, immediately, 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 the spirit world took notice. The immediately, the demonic forces took notice. Watch what happened. The Bible says immediately, it doesn't say immediately, uh, all the Christians uh, came to him for a prophetic word. No, 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 no. There's no Christians in sight. It says immediately, the, a man came to him from the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Come on to unclean spirit. You see, you, the unclean spirits doesn't want America to move into her destiny. The unclean spirits try to keep America from her destiny. And the Bible says, and, and, and he, he had his dwelling amongst the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often uh, been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. That, that tells me the church was paralyzed. The church on that side could not tame the man. And, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with, with stones. But watch what happened. The moment Jesus got out of the boat, watch what happened. Verse 6, it says, when he saw Jesus from afar. When he saw Jesus from afar. Now, I don't want to talk about the magnetic field of the Holy Spirit. Because the magnetic field of the Holy Spirit is real. When you walk into a restaurant, you carry something of God in you that people will pick up. This is a Christian. This man acts different. So the Bible says the moment he saw Jesus afar, Jesus was still far away and the demon already knew there is trouble for me, that man, it's that man. You see, it's not the disciples, it's that man, Jesus. So when we have him in us, guess what? We become, people become aware of who, can I tell you why there's such a war in America? It's because the church that carries the spirit of Christ is, is an irritation for everybody that has an evil spirit. That's why they try to shut us down because the, what we carry irritates them. But watch what happened here. He cried out with a loud voice and he says, What have I got to do with you, Jesus? What have I got? I love that. I love that. That's why the enemy never wanted him to arrive to the other side. And uh, he said, I implore to you by God, do not torment me. Immediately he knew this man can torment me. That's why Satan decided, kill him in the ocean. Don't let him go to the other side. But Jesus said, let's go. Let's go to the other side. Let's go on missions. Let's go, America. Come on. I want to say, let's go. I want to say to this church, let's go. I want to say to Johnny, let's go. Let's go. There is a mission that we must complete.
And, uh, and uh, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. And the Bible says, so all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd was, ran violently down the steep place into the sea. And they all drowned. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that has happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting in his right, sitting in, and clothed and in his right mind. Sitting and clothed. I love that. Sitting and clothed. The moment you have the right spirit in you, you have the right clothing on. Ah, come on. Uh, the, the, moment, the moment you have the right spirit, it, it affects your clothing. Come on. You don't want to walk around naked, and you don't want to well, come on. The Bible says, sitting in his right mind and clothed. Oh, I can preach on the word clothed. I just got it from the Lord right now. He just came out of the Holy Ghost oven. It's hot. It's good. And I don't have time to preach on clothed. Amen. So the Bible says, he sat in his right mind and clothed, and, his, and, and they were afraid. Now, there's a lot of pre preaching material here. The first thing that happened is, uh, the first thing that happened is, Jesus gave the, uh, uh, gave the unclean spirits, uh, he said, okay, you can leave, go into the swine. And now, can you imagine somebody had a pick, a pick business? Somebody, the pigs belong to somebody. I mean, that, that was a money-making machine. Uh, and now, Jesus destroyed the whole business. Well, in the first place, it was all Jewish people there, and they were not supposed to have pigs. <laughs> Don't have a business you're not supposed to have. Don't do business in pornography. Don't do, do, don't do silly things because if, if, if Jesus shows up, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to drown your whole business. I'm just saying, he doesn't like pigs. Obviously, he doesn't like pigs. But watch this. He set the man free. So now the whole community comes, and here they see Jesus sitting with a man in his right mind, clothed. And when they saw that, they were afraid. You know what they said to Jesus? They said, leave this region. What am I saying to you? When a true move of God shows up, there's a lot of things in America that will come back to their right mind. I've met people. They tell me who they are, and then I say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that one. Well, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a this, and I'm a that, and I, are you really? Uh, is that who you really are? When I look at you, I don't think that's what God made out of you, but it's, if you say that, then you must be out of your mind because, but you know what? When they saw the man sitting in his right mind, they were afraid. You know they became used to him being demon-possessed. They, they became used to him being twisted. They became used to him being abnormal. They became used because they could not handle the demons. And they made peace with the new normality or the new norm. So when Jesus said, no, 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 you got so used to the new norm, I'm going to bring him back to his right mind. He will be clothed now, and I will show you what 
normal looks like and when they saw what the real normal looks like they got afraid because they got so used to the abnormal for so long that they thought that is the new norm and I want to say to America we have adopted we have adopted even in the church we have made changes God says get to your right mind because when I touch America some demons will run and they will leave and oh man there's a new fear coming to America the Bible says they were so afraid that they said Jesus just leave bottom line God says I'm not finished with you you're in a storm the wind is contrary but God says cheer up you have an other side and I want you to put your feet on the other side because your mission is not completed the storm just confirmed to Jesus that the enemy is afraid we will get a hold of the man who's waiting there's somebody waiting on you there's somebody waiting on you there's a purpose in your life that's going to help you there's a purpose in your life that's bigger than what you can imagine there's another there's an other side to the church there's an other side to you as an individual that's why last year when the storm came I said Lord what's going on the enemy is trying to break my momentum God says no you will reach the other side because the storm is not always a confirmation that your time is over the storm is sometimes a confirmation that you carry something that is so significant that the other side is afraid for your arrival say this after me say my arrival is not anticipated by the enemy but there's nothing he can do to stop it hallelujah hallelujah I have an other side you know my story if you haven't heard it I'll repeat it for those that were not here last night and Friday night I was five years old I was born premature seven months bad lungs my lungs fell flat I was dying went to school one year late because of my lung problem my eyes were affected doctor said to my mother six months if he lived six months they gave me six months to live if he reached six months his eyes will be blind my mother said it is a fact that his lungs fell flat it's a fact that he has asthma it's a fact that he's going blind but the truth is doctor when I got pregnant with him the Lord said to me he will go to the nations one day what she actually said to him is he has an other side I'm now 67 I am now 62 years on the other side of the previous side where I almost come on drowned what am I saying to you sometimes your storm is created by Satan to make you miserable and discourage you but God says stir up the word in you bring the word back to a standing position because there's a stronghold on the other side and the moment you get out of the boat they will know that you have arrived with purpose destiny a job description to complete the mission and glorify Jesus hallelujah 
Father, I pray that right now, in the name of Jesus, that people sitting here this morning will be encouraged and that they will say, I have an other side and I won't get there. And my current resistance, my storm, my, the wind that is contrary, is just a confirmation that God is not finished with me. Lord, I pray that men and women in this building will cheer up and be encouraged. And they will know the better day is coming. And Father, I thank you that people that are in great need will be set free. Lord, I pray also that in this church, the little boats in this community will start to feel the effect of this church. And Lord, that what you say in this church from now on will include the little boats, the schools, the institutions, the magistrates' court. And Father, when peace come, it'll come to all the little boats because whether they like it or not, they are sailing with Christ in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say one more thing. Not only is there little boats sailing with the main boat, but we all have little boats. We all have people that watch us on a distance. They don't know why they are attracted to you, but it's Jesus in you that attracts them. They're watching you. You don't even know they watch you. They are little boats sailing with Christ in you. And in the future, that person is going to come to you and say, can I talk to you? And you're going to influence them. And the peace that you carry will become their inheritance. Because we all have a magnetic field of the Holy Spirit. We all influence, whether we like it or not. The Holy Spirit in you, God in you is not dormant. Christ in you have an effect on people more than what you can ever imagine. There will come a time that people will not tell you, I'm sailing with you. I'm watching you. My eyes focused on you. I know who you are. But there will come a time that they will come and say, what God has done in your life is affecting me. Because when peace came to you, it affected the same ocean that we are sailing on. Come on, church. It's impossible to carry Jesus and the little boats does not feel the effect. Give him praise.